Crappin' Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office desk in the parts hole slash break room bathroom dog kennel. Um, been cleaning up. Jamie has been busy sorting NOS parts and stuff. Um, got some big things coming down the pipe. Uh, so trying to clean up and make this place look a little more presentable. Um, so yeah. Thanks everybody for tuning in, following along. Um, just gonna keep popping these things out because uh, you guys keep listening. So, you know, I appreciate it. You know, thank you. Tell a friend, share it, like it, love it, and uh, you know, it all it all helps. I love I love hearing the feedback, and I love helping you guys answering questions and stuff. I know. Sometimes I, especially if you follow on Instagram, I, um, you know, uh, sometimes lament the repetitive dumb questions or people being dumb themselves or whatever. And uh, it just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, so, but I do appreciate you guys, um, especially when you guys listen to the podcast and then you have a question from it like that's it, i enjoy that you know um so I, I really appreciate that you know you can keep them coming in at uh binder boneyard podcast gmail um or hit me up on the socials um that works too so um a little business to do thanks everybody patreon uh ih scout owners of the world really appreciate it uh guys if you're not part of that facebook page you should be it's 12,000 members so there's a lot of people knowledgeable people there there's a lot of idiots too but a lot of knowledgeable people <laughs> that uh, can answer your questions and and uh or they share some cool stuff too so um check that out and uh everybody else is donating on patreon i really appreciate it it all goes towards the greater good so thank you um so uh first order the birthday cruise march 16th through the 19th uh, Route 66, heading west to east, starting in Bakersfield area-ish, and heading east to see how far we get. Um, I'll be driving the 56, so it won't be a fast trip, um, but it'll be a fun trip, which is what I want. Um, so, you know, you're more than welcome to bring your IH vehicle for a leg, a section, a piece, stop by on the side of the road and wave as we drive by, whichever. Um, I'm doing it for my 40th birthday, I'm not doing it for anybody else. So <laughs> if nobody shows up, I don't care. It's for me. So um, yeah, that's just what it is. Uh, no, no entry fees, no sign ups, just. If you want to RSVP, tell me that you're coming. Great. If you just want to show up the day of, that's great too. Um, like I said, there's no itinerary really. There's no nothing. It's just uh, it's just cruising and looking at shit and looking at more shit and having a good time. It should be nice weather. I mean, the Southwest in March is a pretty reasonable time to be there. So um, I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> Next thing that's coming up really fast is the fall rally. 
Um, IH Parts America puts on a show every year in Grass Valley, California, coming up October 5th and 6th um, at the Nevada County Fairgrounds. Great time, excellent show, wonderful venue, tons of great people. You know, it's a nice time to get out there and put uh, some faces to screen names and screen names to faces or kick the ass of somebody that told you to F off, whatever, you know, whatever you got to do. Um, <laughs> it's a good time to meet people, learn about different rigs, you know, because if all you ever do is drive a Scout 2, uh, you know, maybe you want to learn about that 56 S series, you know, go check it, check it out. Um, or same thing. If all you drive is a, you know, 56 S series, go look at a scout 80, go look at something else, learn a little bit about them, you know, just, uh, life's too short to pigeonhole yourself to one vehicle. Although that's pretty, um, <laughs> uh hypocritical of me to say that because all i work on is one brand um so i don't know don't listen to me but uh there's been um you know a lot of a lot of great things come out of these shows um and that's one thing that leads me to my next topic that i've uh, i've noticed again through the social medias and and meeting a lot of people over the years is Ownership does not equal experience. Um, and what I mean by that is some of these guys that I meet have owned their scout since it was brand new. You know, their 42-year-old scout they've had since it was brand new. <clears throat> and they will say stuff that is completely inaccurate and it's and they don't know they say well i've had this thing for 40 years so it's i know what i'm talking about and so many times they don't know what they're talking about they are regurgitating something they heard from somebody else through the parts store chain or they read on the forums or something you know i just had a guy tell me yesterday that his steering column and his scout was identical to a Camaro steering column uh, and that he doesn't understand why the Scout ones are so hard to find when they're just Camaro columns. And, you know, that might be true to a point, maybe. It might have some Camaro parts. I mean, they are GM columns, but I'm, I think there's a few minor differences in there i don't know i i personally haven't taken a camaro apart um but neither had the guy that was telling me that uh, that and that's the point of that story was he was telling me that he was certain his column was a camaro column or whatever something like that and i asked him i said oh well when did you do that well i haven't done that i didn't convert it uh i just so-and-so told me that I'm like well i guess you know you got to take that with a grain of salt but so many times these guys are adamant that they know what they're talking about because they've owned their scout for 40 years and when you really press them on certain things they don't know they never even done u-joints they paid 
you know, the shop down the street to do the U-joints or they don't, oh, I don't mess with brakes. That's dangerous. So I take it to so-and-so. Well, if you take it to so-and-so, why are you telling me, you know, the, the brake shoes I should be using or the diameter of the drum? You know, you don't, it's just one of those things. It's, and, and yeah, every day I'm learning new stuff and everyone's learning new stuff, but there's, you know, when you are certain that about something and, but you've never taken it apart, you've never looked at it, you've never, whatever, you know, I'm always, um, I'm always really skeptical of that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, be careful, all you young guys, when you listen to someone say something. I had a kid come in one time and tell me that his Scout was mostly Chevy. He drove it in. I looked at it. It had a 304 and it was a 727. It, you know, it was a Scout. But his dad told him that Scouts were mostly Chevy parts and they were made by Chevy um early on when they were still developing the blazer and then when the blazer was good is when the scout went away and i'm like uh <laughs> this is wrong on so many levels and the kid was just like my dad said that so it's that's what it is and i'm like no your dad's a fucking idiot and i'm sorry you're an idiot like it just it just doesn't it doesn't surprise me you know what people believe when they hear it from someone that's a quote unquote factual source um so just keep that in mind you young guys when you hear stuff and even you older guys who quick to spout off about something that you you know oh your scout you don't know you've never taken the t-handle apart you don't know what's in there you don't you've never taken the ignition tumbler out you don't know how to get in there so, or you might know, you might have read it on a forum, but until you've turned that key, turned that thing, jammed the pin in there and pulled the tumbler out, you, you know, you're halfway talking out your butt. So just remember, ownership does not always equal experience. So, um, so there were guys looking for experience uh, through my Instagram lately. I posed a question to everyone um it just ask me questions just say what's up um and so i'm going to repeat some of these um someone asked me what i thought the best 80s 4x4 was besides ih of course and why and my response was 89 Ford Bronco, since he said 80s. So 89 Ford Bronco, 351, C6, 9-inch rear, TTB front, little work. They are um, excellent, excellent desert trucks. Um, they are reliable. They can haul ass with good shocks. And, uh, yeah, I just, um, I'm really a big fan of the, the TTB Broncos. Um, and I mean, I've jumped a few, I've been in a few fast through the desert. So, so they just, you know, I just like them. Um, somebody else asked me what my favorite IH was Scout 80, 800, Scout 2, truck travel all or question mark. 
And my uh, response to that was if I had a time machine and an open checkbook, I would have a 66 1300 four by four travelette. Um, I love the C series travelettes, especially 66 because they had <clears throat> kind of updated from the three 63 and 64s with a little bit better dash layout and uh, just had updated just enough to be that much better. Uh, you know, throw some AC at it, get the uh, five speed overdrive in there and it'll be 1300 so it would be one ton so it'd have the 70 front and the the ra15 uh, so i'd get that in like a 410 gear ratio uh and then run like some some q78s uh or some 916 um like super grabbers or something uh and then yeah, I would drive that bitch everywhere. Uh, I'd get a slide-in Alaskan camper, and I would go, I would, you know, if this was 1966, I would hit all of the wild places that hadn't been fucked up yet by millions of people. Um, you know, just because... <laughs> we've wrecked most of the country. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, some people are rolling their eyes right now, but... We the government has narrowed us down into certain areas that we're allowed to visit in national parks and stuff and and so it's they're getting overused and overworked and there's a lot of the country that's hidden now that used to be accessible and uh, I would do that I'd get my one ton travelette build it like that I'd get me a sixty six eight hundred and. Uh, get every option I could in that thing, worn overdrive, four speed. I'd get the 196, um, I don't want a V8 in that. The 800s with V8s are a cumbersome off-road, not my favorite. Um, but I would flat tow that bitch behind the Travelette, and then when I got to the part where I wanted to camp, then i break out the 800 and really cover some ground. You know, power locks front and rear, uh, the most aggressive tire I could get in a 16-inch wheel. Um, yeah, 427s. Might even opt for 488s since I have the worn overdrive. Um, I, I don't know. But with that four-speed and the twin-stick 20, um, yeah, I think that would be a good thing. Or I take that 20 out and put an 18 in from an 80, and then I got lower low range because the Dana 20 is 2.03 to one low. And the Spicer 18, Dana 18, is 2.43 to one low range. So that half, almost half a revolution of low really compounds down the line. Um, so that would be that would be my dream setup if I had no, no expenses and a time machine. But unfortunately, that shit... Uh, that's just dreams and whatever. So, um, the next question. Oh, somebody wants advice on starting their own shop. And I almost told them don't, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> it is a lot of stress and work and heartache and trouble. Um, 
but in the end I, I went the high road and I said I said think long and hard about what you want for your end result if you can't dedicate your life to it get used to working for free and sacrificing a lot for it then you aren't ready and then my final comment was if you can't eat the asshole out of what you love then keep it a hobby and it's true if you can't get behind it and love it and know that it's your life and you dedicate everything to it. And I'm not just talking about starting a shop. I'm talking about any kind of business endeavor. Um, you got to just fucking buckle down and eat shit for years um, before you can see the light. And I've talked about that sort of stuff in the past pods, you know, about perseverance and sticking it out and you know i've slept at the shop before just because of deadlines and and you know budget and shit like that i've eaten eaten oatmeal for days just budget and whatnot so it's um it's one of those things you have to be sure that you are ready for um before it gets out of control um so um let's see what else what else do people want so someone asked me my favorite year of ih truck and uh, i said either 39 which would be a d series uh i fucking love those trucks i wish i could find a good one that's in my price range um, or 66 um that year of, of international pickup i love that whalebone grill and stuff it's just a nice setup so um, so that was about it for questions that people asked me, um, but feel free to ask me more, whatever. I'm always around. Uh, I got nothing better to do than work on internationals and answer questions. Um, you know, keep spreading the knowledge. And like I said, in some of my earlier pods that before the internet, this sort of knowledge was just passed down. From one old guy to a young guy, another old guy to another old guy, whatever. And you don't have that anymore because you got old guys that don't want to use the internet and you got young guys that don't want to listen or think they know everything anyways. I value my relationships with old people so much and uh, it's just, they're invaluable. Um, Gary Hadeen teaching me what he taught me. Ron Gangler teaching me what he taught me. Uh, Terry Davidson taught me so much about uh, fabrication and, you know, all the old guys I've worked with in the various shops over the years um, at the fabrication shops. Just, just a wealth of knowledge. And if you just sit back and listen and absorb, you learn a lot. And these guys are dying at an alarming rate. Uh, and you need to preserve preserve that information even if it's in your own head and that's what i'm doing um you know my grandpa taught me a few things but not a ton uh i just i just am you know remembering what i can absorbing what i can and uh not taking these old folks for granted um because they will die they will be gone and so i go out of my way to make sure that if I have an old person in my life, I try and, uh, you know, check in on them occasionally and just 
learn stuff from them. It's amazing what they can tell you. I really, I really disappointed. My grandma passed away, geez, 15 years ago now. And she was from England. Uh, my parent, my, my dad's side immigrated here from England, Wales, Great Britain in uh, 1959. And she was alive during World War II. She was a kid during the bombings and all that. And um, she would tell stories about what it was like there during the war. And at the time, you know, I was 24 or something. I didn't care. I, I don't know. Um, I just didn't pay attention. I thought she'd be around a lot longer than she was. Um, so... I look back and I wish I'd gotten those stories. I wish I got to hear things. Uh, and not just from her, but from her brother who was older than her. He had some good stories about the war. Um, and I just love hearing British people talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so no. So, you know, old folks, they got stories. They got stuff. You know, yeah, I just told you about how do you need to take stuff uh, into consideration. And, and ownership doesn't necessarily mean... Uh, mean experience, but, um, you know, they do have experience, you know, Gary Hadeen driving his scout to Alaska four different times and the various problems that he had, um, you know, wheel bearings and brakes and, and things coming apart. That is what I'm talking about in, with experience, um, for you guys that listened to the pod a couple of days ago, getting out and doing it getting out there and tr trying it. Drive your scout. Drive it drive it 100 miles. See what fucking falls off. I mean, buy AAA. AAA membership is not that expensive for a year for the good one, like 130 bucks or something. Buy that and then start driving. Get out there, experience it. You know, so that when you're an old person, you can tell these stories to your kid. And yeah, it might be crazy talk to them because there's no such thing as cars anymore and you're not allowed to drive off of a paved surface or whatever but you know you'll have those stories you'll have that experience and you know you can pass it down i don't have any kids and i don't have anybody to pass this stuff down to except you guys so um <laughs> hopefully these pods will be uh, remembered forever and someone can leaf through them in the future for reference and archives and whatever else. But yeah, so value your old elderly, listen to them when they got stories to tell, because sometimes they're pretty good. But sometimes they're full of shit. My grandpa was full of shit. He'd tell stories that, you know, he, he once said that he was uh, good friends with Elvis and uh, used to hang out with Elvis all the time on the strip. And uh, yeah, not a single picture of my grandpa with Elvis anywhere. No picture of Elvis, any, no, like nothing. But he told me that story one time. So, you know, even the, even the made up stories made an impact on me. So I don't know. I'm all over the place today. But um, speaking of impact, and we'll segue out of that. Um, when I talked about wrecking my scout too with my girlfriend at the time, uh, you know, I, I, wrecked the shit out of that and it was i lost my brakes took off down a hill smashed into some trees broke the front axle did a bunch of damage ton of damage and it scared me it scared me pretty good so i took like a year off of wheeling and i decided to build another truck after that and i wanted to build a truck where 
and didn't have to worry about that as much. I had a 63 Scout 80. Um, there's actually a whole build thread about it on Pirate 4x4, if any of you guys are still there or ever use it. Yeah, it, um, my screen name on Pirate was Binder Bound. And uh, go there, there's a, there's a whole build on, on my green Scout 80. But I built that truck with a 152, had a four speed and a Spicer 18 transfer case. The four speed was built by Joe Culver, my friend who died, an old guy, another old guy that taught me very interesting stuff, like how to build a wide ratio four speed. Take Ford gears, two wheel drive Ford gears uh, out, of a, out of a T18. You turn the input shaft down three sixteenths of an inch in length and you install those forward wide ratio gears into that international case. And then you use the international scout tail shaft and output. Um, and now you have wide ratio. That was six and a half to one first gear in a scout box. And then uh, the Spicer 18 was 2.43 in low. And I had a Wagoneer Dana 44s front and rear and uh, they had 513 gears. So my crawl ratio was like almost 80 to one. So it was a little fast for big rocks. Uh, yeah, I would have liked like 100 to one, but 80 to one was still respectable. And then with the 152 and it was fuel injected, um, had done a junkyard kit um, back before Bill Hamilton Bill Hamilton had only done like three injection systems on four cylinders or something at the time. So we were still experimenting on mine. Um, and he did burn a chip for me for it, but it was, you know, rudimentary. Uh, so had the injected four cylinder and yeah, it didn't make a ton of power. It was shitty in the mud and, uh, loose climbs was, was hard. Um, because it just didn't have the power or the RPMs. So, you know, you'd have to neutral drop it or dump the clutch in second gear high range and hope to God, you know, you could get up whatever you were getting up. There's actually a YouTube video of me standing it up on the back wheels. There's there's several YouTube videos of that Green Scout in action. If you want to look up, um, you know, again, on YouTube, search Binder Bound. Um, Chris Pucci, his... Uh, page back then was called ugly scout he has several videos of my scout and other scouts wheeling and you know i'm sure you guys have seen some of those so uh, but i built this truck had manual brakes so there was no booster nothing to fail uh, and it had four wheel discs um that was another thing i really wanted um but you know my biggest things were the the manual brakes and the manual transmission so that if all else failed, you know, it'd come down on whatever gear ratio I was in. Uh, I did have, of course, power steering. I used a two-wheel drive forward box, um, did that. Had long travel Bill Steens. Had 52-inch Chevy leaf springs up front and 56-inch Chevy leaf springs out back. So it was very flexible, very flexible. Uh, 
almost too flexible. Like it ran, I, I could out travel the Bilstein sometimes in certain situations. I ended up having to put uh, limit straps on um, the back because I kept pulling the guts out of the Bilsteins. Um, and I had to put a traction bar back there too because it kept turning the springs into S's. So, and then I ended up dovetailing the back and it had an XO cage and nice seats and stuff. It was, the Scout was really well built. It was uglier than shit, um, but it was mechanically, it was solid. Um, the entire time I wheeled it, it had chromoly shafts in the front, you know, uh, 19 spline outers and, and good stuff. I made a full float conversion for the rear end myself. Um, took Dana 44 front spindles and turned them down, the flange down to fit inside of the bearing pocket on the Dana 44 rear, and then opened up the ID to let a 1.31 Dana 44 axle shaft pass through it. And I had D Dutchman in Portland at the time. Now they're in Idaho, I think. Dutchman make me some custom one-off uh, chromoly axles that were double-splined. And uh, it was 30-spline inner. And I bought the worn Dana 44 hubs with the 30-spline outer. Um, so this shaft was a full 131 all the way down its whole length. Full chromoly, USA-made chromoly, and, uh, and then the worn hubs. I never broke anything. I never broke a shaft. Uh, I never broke the gears. It had a... Um, geez, now I'm trying to remember what it had for gears. It had a Detroit... No, what did it have? Now I'm spacing it. Um, no, Detroit in the back and an and a Aussie locker in the front believe it or not. That's right. I had that Aussie. Um, because I wheeled it for years like that with no issues. And then I decided I was going to do build some ultra four car and I parted it out. And when I took it apart to inspect the pieces, the Aussie was spider cracked around all of the pin holes. Um, and so I knew that thing was a time bomb. Like I really tore it apart at just about the right time. Cause it was going to strand me on a trip after that. I ruined a lot of drive shafts with it, uh, just from hitting them on stuff and turning them into pretzels. Um, but anyway, so that's a, you know, a result of the experience I had before. So, um, that's about it for me today. I'll probably talk about that little scout some more. Cause I, again, that was building that scout was an experience for something else, but yeah. So again, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Love you so much. Um, thanks for all the support and talking and, and checking in with me and, and asking questions and, and all that. I think it's just great. So, um, again, uh, enjoy your Saturday and um, see you guys on Monday. <laughs>